0: Welcome into the Keepers Podcast. Chris Schubert, Paige DeBacos here. It is a Friday. Apologies for no podcast yesterday. Somebody in the room thinks they're important and they're really busy and they have a lot of phone calls and meetings or something. I don't know.
1: I'm looking up to the sky. I can't who, imagine who, who that could person that, be? that person's definitely not no, me. I don't know. No, it's not you. It
0: couldn't it's, possibly it's be gotta you. has got to be
1: somebody else in this room.
0: A little housekeeping that I would like to take care of here at the top. Ah, okay. For everybody who's trying to find this podcast, mm-hmm. as your Slack goes off in the background.
1: Yeah, thanks, Taylor.
0: Uh, the podcast is going to be under a new name, okay? It's still the Keepers. This is the show is still called The Keepers, but if you're looking for us on Anchor where this podcast is going to be posted a lot and when you when you look and find us on iTunes, it's under FRS Fantasy, because ah, okay. there's going to be a lot of other content that we're creating, not just the Keepers. That's true. So an umbrella that we're putting everything under. So you can find the Keepers, FRS Fantasy, on Anchor mm-hmm. and on iTunes. We are working on getting it on other platforms as we speak.
1: Yeah, Stitcher being one of them. I've gotten a lot of tweets from people that like using the platform Stitcher, so I think we're going to look into that as the, uh, the the next step, because I know iTunes is a lot of iPhone people, but I mm-hmm. guess Stitcher is very popular amongst the non-iPhone crew. Okay.
0: Well, I can I can work on that. Okay. All right? All right. Uh, we are going to continue a conversation that we had early in the week on Tuesday. We went through 10 rookies that we thought could have a fantasy impact this season. We debated where we thought a lot of them were. Saquon Barkley, one of them. We talked about some of the quarterbacks. We got 10 more names to go over here today. And we're going to start with a local product Aww. page because we are located in Phoenix, Arizona. And the Arizona Cardinals not only drafted somebody for their team, which is the local team in town, but they took somebody who has local ties to Arizona because they drafted in the second round Christian Kirk, the wide receiver out of Texas AM. And this is one of the two people we are going to talk about today that, in terms of fantasy, I absolutely love.
1: Yeah. I because would agree with you.
0: this is a guy that immediately he is going to step on the practice field at the Arizona Cardinals training facility and he is immediately the number two wide receiver on the depth charts. He doesn't even have to do anything. No. Because you look at that wide receiver room, a lot of talent left. There wasn't a whole lot of talent in there to begin with. Yeah. He elevates right up the
1: list. No, he he's not going to have a lot of competition here, especially because Larry is not Larry Fitzgerald of bold. Now he runs a completely different position as of now that he bought into under the Bruce Arians era. Now, Larry is going to do Larry things, and mm-hmm. that's not going to impact Christian Kirk whatsoever other than he's going to be learning from one of the greatest of all time at that position. Now, the interesting thing here with Kirk is he's not going to have a lot, which I am in, which is the reason I love him, a lot of upside here, because he's not competing with anybody. Now,
0: J.J. Nelson and Bryce Butler are the two people behind him on the depth charts.
1: Yeah, no, he's not competing with anybody, like I said. and And the thing with that is that's great upside, My question mark here is the multitude of quarterbacks that could Mm -hmm. potentially be throwing him the ball. So That's my concern.
0: So here's where I'm at with this. Sam Bradford, veteran quarterback. Yes. He knows how to get a rookie wide receiver involved. He knows how to make that work. Top
1: 10 quarterback when healthy.
0: I have no issues with Sam Bradford. Agreed. If Josh Rosen is in there, I think he's seen enough of Christian Kirk from his time in the Mm Pac-12. They both played against each other when they were at UCLA and Arizona State. I think there can be enough of a familiarity there. Because look, Josh Rosen's going to have to throw to Christian Kirk in about three years because I don't think Larry plays in three years. Yeah, no, that's true. your future Sam Bradford to Larry Fitzgerald or your future Carson Palmer to Larry Fitzgerald is Josh Rosen to Christian Kirk. Yeah, no. That's what the future is for the Arizona Cardinals. So Christian Kirk is going to be involved early because they're building around him. They used a second-round draft pick on a wide receiver. They haven't drafted a wide receiver that high since they took Michael Floyd in the first round a bunch of years ago, when we know how that worked out, yeah, right. They took what John Brown. He was a third round pick. Yep. Chad Chad Williams, a third round pick.
1: Yeah. Fourth, so I think even fourth round. Yeah. Pick. So yeah. you you
0: have guys there that they have not in, you know devoted top capital to, and they do this year with Christian Kirk. So, the the question mark is is if Mike Lennon is in a game, is Mike Lennon going to be able to get the ball to anybody?
1: So here's the thing: when you're looking at at Christian Kirk, anyways, the reality is you're drafting Christian Kirk. As a guy in a later round, as a oh, flyer, uh, somebody who has high upside, somebody in a dynasty league that could t- potentially turn out to be a, a really great product for you because they're drafting him to be the guy going forward. And you're assuming that, okay, Josh Rosen becomes what he's capable of becoming, mm-hmm. this offensive line gets better, this team gets better, Christian Kirk. Has a lot of opportunity here, so you like that in a dynasty league for sure. So that's a separate, separate conversation versus this year, this season specifically. He's a guy that you can draft that could turn out to be have be a stud. Yeah, really, could, could be a complete stud that you get way late. And you have him, and he's a flex option. Depending on if you play in a PPR league, this is something to pay attention to. You know, we don't know what this offense is going to be. We got used to watching the Bruce Arians offense for the last five seasons, and this is a completely new coaching staff, completely new organization, really, because they're completely wiping what happened before and starting fresh. So Mm -hmm. I think this is one of the ones that intrigues me the most from a high upside slash. I'm paying attention to what this team is doing in training camp. Who's winning battles? How he's performing because I think that's going to have a lot to do. I got to see this offense. I got to see how it runs.
0: Yeah, and I think if there's one thing that's going to benefit Christian Kirk, it's that the Mike McCoy offense is not going to be that hard to pick up. He shouldn't have a tough time understanding what is going to be asked of him on a weekly basis. That will help him get up to speed quicker, and then there'll be more trust in Mike McCoy because look, when when BA was here, Bruce was Bruce was calling the plays yes. on offense. I think now Mike McCoy is going to be doing a lot of the play calling on the offensive side of things because you brought in Steve Hawks, a defensive-minded coach. So Mike McCoy is going to know what buttons to push and when to get Christian Kirk involved. I have no concern about that. So I really like this guy, Christian Kirk, as a late-round pick. Uh, He's the wide receiver, two on Arizona. Mm -hmm. So that is definitely going to bring you upside. Now the next guy we're going to talk about. Yep. I
1: th- also like. We are next guy. we are
0: working off of an NFL.com fantasy article. Yeah. And there's a little blurb underneath all of these players. I could not disagree more with the blurb that is written for DJ Moore, the wide receiver out of the Carolina Panthers.
1: You can read the blurb. So I'm going to read the blurb. This is Fabiano, correct?
0: I believe so, yes. The first wideout picked in the 2018 draft, Moore could become a PPR asset for fantasy fans in Dynasty Leagues. Unfortunately, his impact as a rookie will likely be minimal. The Panthers have no shortage of receivers as Devin Funches, Greg Olson, Torrey Smith, Curtis Samuel, and pass-catching running back Christian McCaffrey are all in the mix for targets. At best... Moore will be a late round redraft choice. I 100 percent disagree with this.
1: So here's why I disagree with this. They don't have a, they don't have anybody.
0: I, I'm sorry. that list
1: that he just read off, that you just read off, Greg Olson, yes. Torrey Smith, old, Curtis Samuel, blah, Devin Funches has issues catching the football. Christian McCaffrey is a running back. Yes, he's gonna catch passes out of the backfield, but he's not gonna take away from DJ Moore. DJ Moore has the opportunity to be the best. Player on this team from a wide receiver standpoint.
0: I think he talent wise might already be.
1: If you ask me right now, of all those guys. I love Devin Funches. I I love Devin Funches too, but he hasn't been what they expected him to be. DJ Moore could be the number one here. And
0: here's why DJ Moore has has great speed, so he's able to burn down the field, and you know Cam loves throwing the deep ball. D.J. Moore has a great ability to play, make a play on the football, go up and get it, and we know Cam likes to throw it in tight windows and let his receivers go make a play. And you know what? All it's going to take is one or two catches where D.J. Moore makes an incredible play on the on the football for Cam Newton to go. I like this guy. I trust this guy. I'm getting him the football. Look, all the guys that I just listed outside of Torrey Smith were there last year. Yes. There's no production. No. Funches had a lot of had really stepped up when they traded away Kelvin Benjamin for because sure. they didn't have a wide. But receiver he's not used one.
1: to being a one. No, he was, and, he's more comfortable as the two.
0: Yes, and I think that's what he's going to ultimately become in this offense. And Christian McCaffrey, they didn't utilize him right the first, what, six, seven weeks of the season. They couldn't figure out what to do with him, and they finally figured it out late, but I'm not sure if they're going to use him in the passing game to the way that they did last season, because look, you can't just throw little flare-outs out to Christian McCaffrey and have him try to make a bunch of guys miss. They did that the first seven weeks of the season, and they struggled offensively. What you have to do is you have to let him run routes, you have to get him out in space, and that's where he can go make a play. And then the running game is going to help with that. Greg Olson, we all know what Greg Olson's going to be. He's going to be a top-five tight end if he's healthy. He's going to yeah. catch everything. He's going to be great. Yeah, but Other that's than not, that, I don't see anything.
1: No, and DJ Moore, people, the guy was the best wide receiver in the Big Ten, and it wasn't close on a horrible... Maryland football team. And
0: in a thousand yard season last season, and by week one, that Maryland team was on their third string quarterback and he still had a one thousand yard the, season.
1: What the numbers that he put up with, with the a situ- bad
0: quarterback. With
1: a horrible quarterback is unbelievable. He was and and I'm talking, we talked to Kyle Krabs about this, I talked to Joe Marina about this. This guy they loved.
0: Oh, he was the number one wide receiver to both of them.
1: Yeah. And and, and listen, they watched the film, and you have to take into account the reality of putting up those numbers with with what you had and and I think this is this is a home run for Carolina. I think I'm very excited to see him and how he gets involved when he has a much much better team. <laughs> and quarterback that are involving him. Mm-hmm. I think he has opportunity to be the one. I couldn't disagree more with what Fabiano said.
0: Yeah, I, I was surprised that there's that, that they're they're down this much on DJ Moore when you look at the room. Yeah, it may be hard early to get car- get touches because you look in, in to get targets because of that room, but Curtis Samuel, really? I mean, I like Curtis Samuel Come on a on. week-to-week basis, but I, I just can't see it. I think D.J. Moore is going to really establish himself early. Yeah. Like I said, this is a guy that can make a play on the football, and Cam Newton's going to love that. And if it happens early enough in the season, then D.J. Moore is going to be the guy. The next guy on the list, Michael Gallup, who uh, wide receiver out of Colorado State, who's going to the Dallas Cowboys. And look, they don't have a number one wide receiver. Mm-hmm. They cut Des Bryant you got to think that they're going to utilize this guy early. Don't know if he's going to be wide receiver one or wide receiver three on the depth charts. But he's going to be out there. And Jerry Jerry Jones has much suggested that he could be a starter in week one. This is a guy that you need to pay attention to during camp. And this is why I stress so much to everybody on this show. you got to pay attention to training
1: camp. And don't draft before you've watched preseason.
0: You have to see where where they're using these guys. Michael Gallup may act. Guess what? Everybody in your in your leagues, your dynasty leagues and your leagues, they're going to be like, ooh, I'm going to be smart. I'm going to pick up DJ Moore. I'm going to pick up Calvin Ridley. I'm going to pick up James Washington. Okay, that's great. Michael Gallup's the guy you should keep an eye on. Doesn't
1: have any competition. There's no
0: competition. Yeah. And if training camp goes his way and he can stay healthy and he can prove why they picked him, he can be the number one there very quickly.
1: For sure. i got to watch this offense. That's my biggest concern here. Uh, Dak Prescott, they like running the football. Mm-hmm. Okay, This is going to be Ezekiel Elliott's offense, again, like we saw in both of their freshman year, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. I think that's what they're going to do again. They're going to bolster that offensive line. They're going to establish the run. But that's going to create opportunities here for these wide receivers. And I think this is a really interesting case. For a Michael Gallup, I think this is a guy I'm going to take a flyer on and definitely pay attention to as training camp. And to reiterate what Chris already said do not draft before you've watched these guys play in the preseason. I don't understand why people draft before because of injuries, because of things that happen. People emerge, especially with rookies, especially with rookies, because they're not, they have to fight to show that they deserve to get whatever they're getting. And that's where you see emerging. This is where last year, Tariq Cohen, Kareem Hunt. That was exactly those the name are I was going to mention. Those are the guys that you saw and you went, oh, that, now, now I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Who's that guy? And, right. and you gotta, you're you going to know, you obviously know the top two guys that we talked about, but these are some of the guys that will slip through that you're not paying attention to, that you should be paying attention to in training camp and in preseason.
0: And the other thing, too, is I, I just said all, all great things about DJ Moore. They may not use him that way.
1: All that being said, I like his upside. Right, right. I, I think he's the most talented. Does that mean he's going to outwork everybody there? No. Absolutely not. So that's why you have to watch
0: training camp. You have exactly. to watch the preseason to see where they use him to hear what the coaches have to say. It's almost just as important to listen to what the coaches are saying about this player because those are the hints to whether or not they're going to be a major part of this Watch roster.
1: those offensive coordinators in their press conferences. They right, talk every day.
0: I got. I, this guy's interesting to me because okay. I know a lot of people are going to be happy about this fit. And yeah. that's James Washington to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this is a guy who won the Fred Bolitnikoff Award as the top collegiate wideout. This is a guy that has the second most receiving yards in Big 12 history. He had Mason Rudolph throwing in the ball last year, who, oh, by the way, is going to be a quarterback in Pittsburgh. They, they picked him up in the draft. And James is going to have a great opportunity to be the number three wide receiver on this depth chart because they, the Steelers got rid of Martavis Bryant. So you're going to see Antonio Brown. They're going to put him out wide, and they're going to throw him the ball a lot. Okay? That's just that's the way this works. Then there's going to be a lot of catches for, in his second season, Juju Smith-Schuster, who bursted on the scene late last year and became, I would say at times, the best receiver on that Steelers team. Agreed. Because he was phenomenal for, for sure. that team. And when they Antonio
1: Brown be. had some injury yes. issues, and he became the man there.
0: And then there's going to be James Washington at wide receiver three, and because of the way this Steelers offense is structured, you got a bell cow in the backfield that's going to get his fair share of touches, mm-hmm. and Le'Veon Bell. You have Antonio Brown on the outside who they're going to feed the ball, and you have an established guy in Juju Smith-Schuster. Again, I like the talent of James Washington. I don't like this fit. He's going to be the wide receiver three. Basically, for all the think of think of last year, anytime you try to get Martavis Bryant in your lineup, what were you worried about? Everybody else taking away the yeah, touches. I, it's the same thing with James Washington, and I think James Washington has a higher ceiling than Martavis Bryant.
1: I agree. I agree with that. I think this is a sim- This is more of what I would have wrote out, what Fabiano wrote for DJ Moore with the Carolina Panthers. That's where I would write this for, for James Washington. I'm sorry. The ball is going to Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. Is going to Antonio Brown. And it's going to go to Juju, and it's going to go to Le'Veon Bell. They have three studs. Where are the where are the touches here? Where are the receptions here for James Washington? They won't be there unless injuries happen. And I think he's he will have one or two games, right, where Ben throws him the ball, right? He's going to have at least one of those games where Martavis Bryant had those games, where all of a sudden you were like, okay, the best cornerback, they're playing the best cornerback in the league who shuts down Antonio Brown or makes him irrelevant, and they go to this guy. I hate those scenarios, though, because you're playing a guessing game. You have no idea. Trust me, they are going to Antonio Brown. They're going to Juju Smith-Schuster. They're going to Le'Veon Bell. And then, oh, yeah, James Washington's on the team. Here's,
0: here's my, the fantasy philosophy that I try to live by on a week-to-week basis. I try to put in the players that I think are going to have the most opportunity to get big touches because I don't want to have to risk putting in a guy that may only get three to five touches in a game or three to five targets in a game and hope that they make those three to five targets stick. If I'm putting a wide receiver in the lineup, I'm hoping that they're going to get seven, eight receptions, potentially anywhere from 10 to 12 targets because now I'm working with a larger sample size to be able to say, okay, I have a chance to have a big play. If James Washington's only going to get the ball thrown at him three to five times a game, no, I, can't, thanks. I can't justify putting him in the lineup. No. I'd rather take a guy that may only end up with four catches for 50 yards, yeah. but he's going to get the ball thrown at him 12 times so I have a bigger opportunity for a big play yeah. than to put in James Washington where for sure. I'm not going to get a whole lot of opportunity. So this is a guy maybe in a dynasty league if you want to hold on to him because... They, they may do some reshuffling there. When Le'Veon Bell's gone, they maybe go to a more pass-happy offense. Yeah. But right now, this He's, is going to be a week-to-week thing.
1: Yeah, I'm a way more interested in the previous three wide receivers we talked about.
0: Who loves talking more about tight ends than me? Hayden <laughs> Hurst is now joining the Baltimore Ravens. They draft him in the first round, and they are going to utilize Hayden Hurst a lot. And Paige, I looked at the numbers last year when Hayden Hurst got drafted. The Baltimore Ravens utilized their tight end. I believe it was Ben Watson. Yeah. He had the 12th most targets mm-hmm. of tight ends. They use their tight end a lot. They do. They get their tight end involved. So there's big opportunity here for him to be a big play in this offense because they like using the tight end. Joe Flacco likes throwing to the tight end. You think down in the red zone, this is where a guy for like sure. Aiden Hurst can thrive. Although I don't like this Baltimore offense.
1: They like the a offense. A whole lot. <laughs> they like what they've done. They've completely revamped this offense. Now the most interesting part of this is that Lamar Jackson was drafted to this team, and Joe Flacco's contract can be opted out for the following season. So I think this is where I think there's a, you're lighting a fire under Joe Flacco's ass a little bit mm-hmm. because if he wants to get paid the most, he's got to show out here. Yep. And and, and he can. He won this team a Super Bowl, uh, so I, I think he has that opportunity. But they have been that offense has been lackluster. It's been boring. It's not been very good over the past few seasons. They've given him some more weapons here now. And I think Hayden Hurst becomes a viable tight end option for you in a fantasy league. Tight end is the the position that is... If you don't get the top five guys, it you I, I plug and play on a weekly basis mm-hmm. based off of matchups. I think Hayden Hurst is going to have a lot of times where I'm going to like him in a matchup and go, hey, yeah, I, li- I like him this week. So that's that's how I personally play with the tight end position. Unless I get the Gronks of the world, the Zacherts of the world, I plug and play each and every week.
0: The next tight end on our, our list is a guy that I like more than Hayden Hurst. And I That's, would agree. Who, that's Mike Giusecki, the tight end at a Penn State who ended up with the Miami Dolphins. And... I I think, look, the Dolphins didn't have a tight end. They got rid of Julius Thomas. They get rid of Jarvis Landry, the guy who on that team, I'm sorry, but he gobbled up all of the targets because he was so good that Ryan Tannehill and whoever was the quarterback, Jay Cutler last season, Matt Moore, and and, and the rotating door of quarterbacks in Miami, they were throwing the ball to Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry now finds himself in Cleveland, which, by the way, that's going to be a lot of fun next season. And now Miami needs somebody else to kind of step it up. And, and I know they, they they still have Devontae Parker. If I'm remembering their depth chart properly, I'll, I'll look it up here to see if there's anybody else that I'm forgetting. But Jaseki slots in, and he's a guy that I think Ryan Tannehill is going to go to pretty early next season. And, and he can be a big player. Now, I don't know if I look at him and say, look, this is a top 10 tight end or even a top 5 tight end. But I think he can approach that range by the time the season's over, specifically the top 10 part. Because I look at this Miami team, and... They got to reshuffle all the deck chairs, yep. right? They're going to move some stuff around this season. Ryan Tannehill's coming back off of an injury, and, and when quarterbacks are one young and are inexperienced, or two coming off an injury, they like the checkdowns. For sure, who's the big checkdown in your offense? Your tight end and your running back. Absolutely, that means another guy that we're going to talk about later on about the Miami Dolphins and Mike Jaceki are are two players that I really think can have some upside in this offense.
1: Yeah, I think another one that we're going to pay attention to. I got to see Ryan Tannehill and I got to see his health. Yes. I got to make sure that this offense is is going to be rolling in the way that you would expect. Now, as somebody who's a Bears fan and watched the watch the best version of Jay Cutler under Adam Gase, I think this is going to be very interesting. I think Tannehill and this offense could really, you could see a completely different team this year. And I think Ryan, I think Adam Gase knows his job's on the line. And he was one of the, one of the coaches last year. We looked and said, hey, he might be on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. So I think this is really interesting to pay attention to. I, I like the tight end position. I like the way Gase involved his tight ends Martellus Bennett back with the Bears, you've seen him really do that. So I think this this is, this is makes a lot of sense in another one that I'm going to plug and play.
0: Yeah, and again, look at the rest of the, the, the pass-catching options for Ryan Tannehill. Devontae Parker, Kenny Stills, Danny Amendola are the three wide receivers. I think there's opportunity here for Mike Giusecki to get some touches and to get some targets thrown his way. Naheem Hins, the running back, going to the Indianapolis Colts. Paige, I don't like this because, and and to be fair, I think the running game in Indy is going to be much improved this season because they drafted Quentin Nelson, who I think is really going to kind of shore up that offensive line and help them. But Marlon Mack is still there. He's the established back. I don't know if you're going to be able to displace him with how good of a year he had last year. So this this is, I think, the perfect example of pay attention to what Indy does in training camp. See what they do with this running game. They might mix and match. They don't have Frank Gore anymore, so there's an opportunity to be the backup behind Marlon Mack, and there may be some touches and carries there. But at the end of the day, this is one that I say, I just don't know because I don't know how Indy's going to do things.
1: No, this is a uh, uh, team—listen, I am not interested in this offense and anybody who plays on it until I know Andrew Luck can throw a football. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's where I stand with this offense. I'm not drafting anybody from this team. I'm not paying even any close attention to it until I know that Andrew Luck is healthy and can throw a football. And according to the latest report, he still hasn't thrown a football, and it's May 4th. So with all that being said, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to draft any of these guys. I just mean this is one where I'm paying exceptionally close attention. I need to see health more than anything for Andrew Luck, and then I am interested in the pieces that surround him. If he's not healthy, I'm out. I'm out. I am as far away as out can be. So that's where I think you're competing here with Robert Turbin and Mac. You can see him have the upside to potentially be the two here. Um, I think they'd really – if you paid attention and you watched Marlon Mack in that offense last year, he he had some success, especially considering Frank Gore was still there. Now, that doesn't mean that he's not going to be an option, but I think he's going to be more one of those guys that maybe if you have an injury or something happens, you're going to want to pick him up off the waivers and, and plug him in here or there. For right now, that's where I stand. That can change, mm-hmm. but when I look at this team right now, I'm very unsure – of of this offense, and, and that's why I'm out on him for now.
0: Uh, next on the list, we have three players left to talk about here today. Cortland Sutton, the wide receiver of the Denver Broncos. Okay. This is a dynasty play for me. Okay. Look at this team, and I think that while Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders are still wearing the, the Bronco orange and they're still suiting up, Case Keenum is going to be getting them the football next season. And unless there's a major injury, unless there is something that happens to Carlos Henderson, who, by the way, they drafted in the third round in last year's draft, there may not be a lot of opportunities early. So Cortland Sutton may be a guy you draft and kind of stash away if you can afford the roster spot. But I just don't think there's a a chance for him to get any higher than third on the depth chart in year one, which, again, same thing we talked about with James Washington, a lot of talent, a lot of upside. It's just, is there going to be enough targets to justify him taking up one of your roster spots? And I don't know if I, I, don't know if I see that.
1: So here's where I would add into that. I think because Case Keenum is coming into this offense, and if you watched Minnesota and what they did last year with their with their wideouts, I think this becomes very interesting because Case Keenum does not have any rhythm or chemistry with either Demaryius Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders yet. True. So I think that makes. Cortland Sutton, it puts him on more of an even playing field because he's not walking into an already-made offense.
0: No, with an established quarterback who has a repertoire with these Yeah,
1: guys. he does not. Case Keenum does not have his favorite guy at all. And you saw last season with the Minnesota Vikings, everybody thought Stephon Diggs was going to be and the who dude. Did it end up and up Adam Thielen yeah. ended up being the dude. So I think that's where I look at this and I become very, like we've said, and I feel like I'm going to say it again, though, Watch training camp because this is one where he could emerge as potentially Case Keenum's guy. That's 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 the best case scenario for him because, listen, Demaryius Thomas has been a shell of himself since Peyton Manning left this offense. Mm-hmm. And, yes, right now on the depth chart, they are the one and the two. Is that going to stay the same? With Case Keenum? I don't know. It might not. A- and I think that's where you look at the upside for Co- for Cortland Sutton, and, and that's good news for him because Case Keenum's coming in there and he can establish himself if he does.
0: Yeah, and, and I think at the end of the day uh, – we- uh, there are some of these guys on this list, like, look, I don't have to tell you to watch training camp to know Saquon Barkley is going to be the running back exactly, in New York. Exactly. I don't have to tell you that Sonny Michelle is going to be the starting running back in New England because they drafted him in the first round. I don't need training camp to tell me that. But some of these guys that we get to later on in this list, and I think the next guy in particular, I'll use this as a segue, Kalen Balazs, running back in Miami, this is going to be a watch training camp Situation. Mm-hmm. They brought in Frank Gore. They still have Kenyon Drake. Yep. But they drafted Kalen Balaj because they saw value. They saw a, a running back that is talented enough to catch the ball out of the backfield. When he's in open space, he can absolutely hit stick people. For sure. He can hurdle people. He runs people over. That's how good he is. There's going to be an opportunity for him to carve out a role. So, this is again, again, we've been saying it all show long. Watch, Watch Miami's training camp. Because Kalen Balaj is a guy who I think, if he has a good enough camp, can displace maybe Frank Gore for that number two spot.
1: So I'm interested in any and all healthy Adam Gase players, uh, because Adam Gase is a offensive wizard. I saw that firsthand in Chicago with what he did with Jay Cutler. and And if Ryan Tannehill is healthy, okay, I am very interested in any and all Miami Dolphins offensive pieces. I think this could this has potential. I use the word potential, to be an explosive offense. And it could be a lot of fun to watch, and there could be a lot of receptions and targets and 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 re- all to go around. So there's a lot of opportunity there. That Chris already said, got to pay attention. Kenyon Drake's already there. They like him a lot. Frank Orr, he's an older guy. I, I don't anticipate that he's going to be – a huge part of this offense. I think Kalen Bolash has a great opportunity here. A young guy coming in can prove himself and become a big part of the offense.
0: Yeah, and I think with him, this is just... There's a lot of people in the room, right? Frank Gore, Ken sure. Drake being in the room kind of muddies the waters here a little bit for what you think may end up happening here if you're a Miami's Dolphins fan. But again, another guy that I would keep an eye on. The last guy that we're going to talk about here today, DJ Shark, wide receiver, going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And... I know they went to the AFC Championship game last year. Oh boy! I know. I are get you it.
1: out? Are you out? It's Jacksonville the, was your squad last year.
0: Yes, they were your team. But they were my squad for the other side of the football.
1: And they're still. They are still that's, my squad got for better. that side of the football. Yes, yeah. I
0: don't know how that's possible, but when you get Taven Bryan in the first round, yeah, uh, and, and you just add to that that front seven, that's just going to be fierce, and I'm afraid to play them. At the end of the day, there's still a guy wearing number five that runs out onto the field, and he's supposed to throw the ball to all of these receivers. That is Blake Bortles. And I look at a team that picked up Austin Safarian Jenkins in the offseason to play tight end, who had an incredible year with the Jets, had two touchdowns stolen from him by the referees. Okay? I know all you fantasy owners out there of Austin Safarian (laughs) Jenkins know exactly what I'm talking about. And then I look at the offense. Marquise Lee, they bring in Dante Moncrief from Indy. DJ Chark slots in right behind Dante Moncrief on the wide receiver depth charts. You still have D.D. Westbrook. Keelan Cole was one of my guys late in the season last year who kind of burst onto the scene. A lot of people in that room. Blake Bortles throwing the football. They added a pass-catching tight end. Oh, by the way, they still have Leonard Fournette in the backfield. I don't like this.
1: No, I don't like any wide receiver in Jacksonville for all that much. I, I think this you, you team— You mean you
0: don't want Tanner Lee throwing the ball to D.J. Chark? Oh, God. I just wanted to get
1: Those going Those are nightmare—that's yep. nightmare fuel. I, I think for me, you love Leonard Fournette in Jacksonville, you love to start their defense, and then everybody else is kinda meh. Listen, I understand they went to the AFC Championship game and they were very close to beating New England, but Blake Bortles has shown me way too much Blake Bortlesism to trust that any wide receiver in that offense is gonna have a lot, is gonna be a great fantasy asset. And there are quite a few people there, he's a rookie. Am I paying attention? Yes. Am I overly interested? No. Because Blake Bortles is still the quarterback, and oh, by the way, they drafted Tanner Lee to be the guy behind him, who is a worse version of Blake Bortles.
0: Yeah, so I, I'm out on DJ Chark. He may be somebody down the road that may be able to develop, but I'm look. I would talk- have put
1: some other guys on this list. This is the NFL.com. This is Fabiano's list. I'm more interested in a couple other guys than yeah, I am In J-J terms Chark.
0: of the wide receiver list, that's basically, uh, he would be exactly where he is, number 20 on the list. That's probably where I'd put him, because I would yeah. not really discuss him all that much. All right, that's it. We're done. That's it 20 names 20 names up.
1: yeah we guys if you have other names that you're interested in or you want our opinion on I know there were a couple of people that hit me up uh, on Tuesday about some of the other guys that they thought we missed thought we thought we didn't talk about wow. I think a lot of those guys ended up on today's list yes uh, which I reminded them about so just hit us up if there's a rookie on your team that you think is gonna be the next great guy. Let me know. I'll start paying attention. Yeah,
0: you can uh, tweet those at Paige at the underscore sports page. You can tweet them at me, at Chris R. Schubert. Uh, and then I'll, everybody go and follow. Should I give it away now? Yeah. Do I give it away? Okay. Follow the FRS Fantasy Twitter account at yes. FRS underscore fantasy. Uh, that's, we're building that out. There's going to be a lot of content that mm-hmm. you're going to see there. Uh, the Podcasts, stuff from myself, stuff from Paige, all that good stuff. Uh, we're going to be back next week. Yep. I don't know if we know what we're talking about yet. So we're going to which is going to be a surprise.
1: It's going to be a surprise. I think we're going to do this is this is what I've been thinking. Okay. I think we yeah, need to go This is the first I'm hearing this of I everybody. think we need to go by position group and and do our way too early but way too much fun. 12, oh, top twelve, top fifteen groups. Oh, I think I'm that's, in. I'm I think, ready to
0: make some people angry. Yeah,
1: I think I think it's it's uh, yes, it's pre-training camp, and yes, we will revisit these after training camp and after as you're heading into your drafts. But I'm i putting
0: think- this guy QB one. Oh boy. It's a picture of Sam Darnold wearing number fourteen out there with the Jets helmet. Let's do go. Do
1: not listen to Chris. All Ooh, right, yeah. PB that's one. that's what we're gonna be doing uh starting next week. Okay,
0: yeah. So uh Paige and I will be working on our lists and I think what we're gonna do is let's do our list separate. And yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I and need we'll, that. And we'll react here. So we will be back. I believe we'll be back next Tuesday. Yeah,
1: we'll do Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, again. Thursday. Yep. Okay,
0: so t- next Tuesday we are going to do that. And like we said at the top, everybody, you can find the podcast on Anchor FRS Slam. Uh, FRS Slam. I'm in I'm wow. in wrestling mode. Wow. I'm sorry, yeah. FRS Fantasy. People. FRS Fantasy. Uh, iTunes FRS Fantasy there as well. And like we said at the top, we are working on getting it to all these other platforms. I will bring that news to you as it gets passed along to me. So that's going to do it, everybody. Have a great weekend, and we will talk to you on Tuesday.